ASI episode 14. My name is Russ Shaw. Here's some killer. It's one way, cheap ticket, the wrong lane, head on collision, and it's getting late. The time's ticking, don't wait for your position at the red light. There's no stopping, just drive the pedal at the speed, keep rising. Get back on your feet, get back in the anthem type of music from the band Pillar there. little composition by the band Pillar. That's my best snobby British guy uh, impersonation I could do at the, at the time. Um, chill, I'm not saying all British people are snobby, alright? I love you guys in the UK. Get your emails from time to time. Uh, all over the English speaking world. Uh, uh, welcome. Thanks for listening. ASI247.org. Go to the website. You can friend me. You can follow me on Twitter. You can harass and harangue or or just send out. We'll hang out. I don't know. Do what you like on the social network. Uh, I'm not judging you. Okay. Uh, If I sound a little raspy today, it's because I'm getting over this this cold thing. I don't know. We had like an outbreak of, of whooping cough here in the Pacific Northwest and the Seattle area and a bunch of people have this and you know adult whooping cough like I'm not I'm not whooping like I think it would be fun to have that kind of a thing but it wasn't fun and I didn't do any any whooping or woohooing or anything like that it was it was I was hoarse felt sick had kind of a fever and snot was continuing to just just waterfall out of my my cranium so that's how I've been been dealing with the last uh, week or so. Um. For the love of the game. For the love of the game, indeed. Love that tune, pillar. Anyway, anyway, that's uh, bumper promos or what I play on the show. Clips of songs that. Uh, that you can uh, download if you like right there again on the website asi247.org the word today is economy Uh, by the way since I'm bringing it up uh, asi247.org this website this uh, little project here this experiment if you will runs on donations so man if you could give anything, right? Anything helps, alright? I mean, the the light is blinking on the empty on this puppy dog, so we're running out of fuel keeping this thing online. So, speaking of donations, it is the donations from listeners to this podcast that that keep the thing up, right? That keep it cocked, locked, and ready to rock, right? That's what keeps this thing shaking and baking. No, I'm all right. I'm struggling to uh, throw some attitude your way in, uh, in in getting pumped up about the cost. So, and listen, 
economy, all right? I'm gonna move into talking about this word and I want you to relax a little bit. This is not gonna be uh, 15, 20, half hour of the Christian guy coming after your wallet, all right? So, so just chillax a little bit. It's not all about money, this word. It, it, it's a big part of it, economy, right? It, uh, money, finances are a big part of the word economy, but we are, we are creatures of economy, you know? The reason we live is we, we eat, right, and, and we poop, and, and then we, if we don't, we will die. So the only two things you really have to do in life are kind of economic things, okay? You have to eat. If you don't eat, you will die. So you don't really have to eat, but you will die. But after you die, you will pay taxes, okay? You will, like death and taxes. The only two things you have to do is death and taxes. You, you, you Again, we're creatures of economy. You, you, you're tracking with me, right? Do you get that? Economy. I used to define this word in, in kind of a, again, kind of shallow terms, right? Like, I got to survive. I got to work a job. I got to get an income so I can buy stuff that I can eat, right, so I can survive, so I can have a roof over my head, uh, so I can have a life, right, an economy, I gotta, I gotta work, I gotta produce, and that's, that has to do with what we do in life, what, what economics play into how, how our life unfolds, all right, now, I used to listen to Christians, and, and uh, once in a while I listen to Christian radio, which I shouldn't, because there's just a lot of a lot of nonsense and garbage out there. But and sometimes what bothers me is I hear a lot of pastors will say, "Well, Jesus talked about money a lot. Like Jesus talks about money more than he talks about, you know, sin or love or you know, uh, Jesus is just always talking about money." And and I'm like, okay, well. That's not necessarily true, all right? Jesus is talking about this concept of treasure, okay? He's not just talking about greenbacks and dollar bills. He's talking about where our treasure lies. And I don't want to be too redundant, and I have talked about this concept of treasure in the past and how emotional it is and how drawn in we get. And, and this guy, uh, Randy Alcorn, wrote a book called The Treasure Principle. Uh, some great stuff in there about how we tend to gravitate towards or be in orbit around that which we treasure. And this is what Jesus is talking about. Now, some of these non-financial terms for economy, like paying attention, right? You know, you got to pay attention, Russ. <laughs> Wake up, pay attention. Um, spending time with someone. It's like a, one of the love languages to, to some people that you would spend your time with them. It's one of my wife's big love languages. Um, investing time in our kids. And I just, I don't know, I, I, I got the sense that there's some of you out there that may have a, a child who, who may be an adult or in their late teens or early teens. Or maybe you have a kid that you you haven't talked to in a while. And maybe there's some shame tied to that, you know? Like you don't, you feel like you're such a a letdown that you don't want to be in their lives and, and can I tell you something because you're that kid's blood because you're that kid's father or mother 
man, I, I'm going to implore you to invest some of yourself in that kid. Even if you've let them down, even if it's going to be difficult, even if you're going to enter into conflict, man, I pray that you understand this, this word economy and you, you make an effort to engage and invest in, in that kid, all right? I didn't plan on saying that. That's just something that, I don't know, it was a Holy Spirit thing, I guess. I, I just kind of came to me, so whoever that's for, um, there you go. What does this have to do with sexual addiction, Russ, right? Because, listen, it's not just rap music, right? I mean, this this whole concept of sex and money, right? Why is there so many songs written about sex and money? Because there's an economy to sexuality, just like there is an economy to money. That's true, man. Hot girl, you know, just investing a bunch of her energy into her appearance so she can attract the hottest guy and a big part of that hotness is the fact that he's got cash money, you know? It's not always looks, but looks are a good added bonus, aren't they? <laughs> Sexual economy 101, isn't it? You know? And these are the upper, you know, superficial layers of it. It's, it's not bad to be physically attracted to someone, alright? I'm not saying that. It's not bad to... to want for, for ladies to want a guy who's a good provider. There's there's nothing wrong with that. But how deep does this thing go? You know, does it is is that if your whole relationship is just built on that, I mean where do you go from here? Kind of a thing. Like I talked about in the last show. What what's your dedication really to? Um and this is where I kind of starting to get to this point where I want to bring the show to this this point, right? Like the, this new direction, which is two directions, right? But it's still a new direction, and I'm not talking about uh, boy bands either, by the way. Um, economy, all right. I'm gonna. I've been spending a lot of time in apologetics, all right. Apologetics. Let me define that word for, for those of you who don't know. Apologetics is not um, being good at apologizing, by the way. Anyway, that's not what apologetics is, by the way. Um, apologetics, the word apologetics is, is to, to try and communicate something or justify something um, theoretically or through theology. And usually apologetics is in religious terms, right? You're trying to explain something. Um, when it comes to apologetics and the gospel of Jesus Christ, um, it, it's it's trying to bring the person to understand the news story that, that, that I have on my heart. And, and I've spent a lot of time doing that. And I think that it has maybe... Um, put the show on hold and, and, and has frustrated some of you, all right? Like, I've always talked about how it's important to get underneath the behavior. Like, there's a lot of information out there that talks about behavior modification, and there's tons of books written about it. There's lectures, there's podcasts, there's, you know, behavior modification. Okay, cool, but why? Why would we modify our behavior in the first place. That's really what I 
I have a passion to get to. So when it comes to talking about, you know, real life blood bought Christianity, not this superficial Americanized plastic, you know, bad religion or American plastic Jesus. It's not what I'm talking about, you know. So I spend a lot of time in that area of apologetics and. There's, I've, I've talked about it just a lot. And so I'm going to move in the direction of assuming that you have, uh, that you have made that decision to, to be a Christian, to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And that's how I'm going to approach this from here on out. And I know that some of you listening are like, all right, you know, I'm just skeptical about that, Russ. You know, I'm kind of a relativist. You know, I just believe that there's many ways to God and, and stuff like that. And I get you, man, I do. And I've, I've spent a lot of time trying to, to, to show you, to, to lead you to this place where, uh, you know, this is just true. There's, there's a reason why when it comes to God's economy on sexuality that it seems rigid, right? It feels really rigid. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting in church as a young man going, okay, don't have sex till you're married. That is totally unrealistic, all right? And I really felt that, and I really believed that at the time. So I get you, all right? But I'm going to, I'm going to talk about why this thing is true and why that is God's plan and why it's a good idea. But not just that, but how, how, where do we go from here? Why is it a good idea? Why do we as Christians just trust and walk in faith in our sexual economy? And, and why does God care about what we do with our genitals, right? I mean, that's some of the stuff that's in the Bible that people have a big problem with. Like, God wants to be sovereign over my stuff, you know? Right? You're, what's in your, your, between your legs? I mean, that's mind-blowing to a lot of people. And a lot of people just don't like it. Again, he is a kind and loving God. And if you're skeptical, I get that. But also, I want you to realize that part of that skepticism, part of that real relativistic cynicism is keeping you, like, stuck. You know, you're, like, skeptically, spiritually constipated, okay? You're, like, sitting on the pot. You don't like fiber or, you know milk of magnesia, I don't know, you're, you're sitting on the pot and you don't want to, you know, poop when it comes to the, the direction your life is going. I mean, that's a kind of a gross analogy, but it really is true. You, you, you ever heard that term? Either shit or get off the pot. I mean, seriously. It's easy to judge me saying these things, but you, behind your eyes, really, where are you at? Are you stuck in this kind of relativistic, you know, skeptic constipation, you know? That's one of the things that was really cool. And I was looking at the word uh, conviction. The opposite of conviction is skepticism. It's, it's one of the antonyms for, for conviction. You're, there's no conviction. You're, you don't under get where your life is going. Your life is directionless because of a lack of conviction. And it was, you know, again, it's that, that first 
step and the 12 steps. My life is unmanageable. This addiction owns me. I am doing things I don't want to do because economically inside me, there's a big part of me that wants to do stuff the other side of me doesn't want to do, man. And I hate being stuck. I hated it. I I get you guys who are just freaking pounding your heads against the wall going, why do I keep doing this stuff, man? I hate this. This is why my passion for doing this show, dude. I get that. I've been there. It is really, really frustrating. I hate doing stuff I don't want to do. I hate having stuff have control over me, and I don't got control over my own freaking body, man. I hated it. So I'm pleading with you to, and I'm going to start talking to you as if you are, you know, you're loading up on the on the freaking fiber bars, all right? <laughs> so... I'm going to assume that you you've taken your fiber, right? I'm gonna tar I'm gonna start really investing a lot more time in the people who aren't just sitting on the pot not wanting to crap. Alright, seriously. See, it's the decisions that we make based on things that we cannot prove definitively that have the most voracious impact on the direction of our lives. Alright? Are you tracking with me? Um, in other words, it's leaps of faith. If you're really honest, leaps of faith change your direction. They really do. Um, I can't prove there is a God definitively. Like, I can't just break down in numbers that there is a God. But you, the atheist worldview guy, right, I believe in science. Okay, you then prove it. You can prove it and... As a matter of fact, you make decisions based on faith. We all make decisions based on faith. And so getting behind your eyes as a thinker, you know, I just want to bring that to light. You really do. You, behind your eyes, make decisions, life-altering decisions based on your worldview, man. You do. And it's all based on a leap of faith. And listen, the internet is a great place to bring in new ideas for that spirit of conjecture and condescending skepticism, right? Like you can bring in new ideas and new spiritualities and it can just go round and round until you're never actually rooted in any kind of, you know, conviction or integrity. You hear what I'm saying? Like, I never, for me, I, I just, I saw this in myself, this temptation to keep investing in that hedge fund that was just going to keep me stuck in condescending, skeptical constipation, you know? Never really pooping, right? Never really making the, the choice to uh, let it out, you know? Let go of all of it and just be in a certain place. Does that make sense? So I'm cool with you guys who are skeptical and I think it's good to ask questions. It's healthy to ask questions, but at some point you gotta, again, you gotta poop or get off the pot, all right? And so if it's apologetic stuff, man, I'm gonna point you to some past shows. If you have questions about that, I think that's awesome. 
but I am not going to slam on the brakes for you um, when it comes to the Christian worldview on sexuality, all right? So if you go to the website ASI247.org, you click on the music tab, and yes, the tunes are there for you to download, but also my response to a lot of religious folks who were saying, well, you know, you're playing satanic music or secular music is bad, Russ, and you shouldn't, you know, play that kind of music when you when you talk about spiritual things, and I'm like, no, dude, here's what Jesus said about it, all right? And it's not that the music is going to make you unclean, it's what comes out of you that makes you unclean. And Jesus totally goes into this metaphor of eating and making a bowel movement, <laughs> right? I love this because it's, you know, Jesus is like, hey, check this out. You know, come here, listen. And that's pretty important when Jesus says something like that, right? Anyway, Mark uh, chapter 7, start in verse 14. Again, Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a man can make him unclean by going in him. Rather, it is what comes out of a man that makes him unclean. After he had left the crowd and entered the house, the disciples asked him about this parable. Verse 18, Jesus said, and I love this, are you so dull, he asked. In Matthew 15, the same story is told again in a, in a little different way. But uh, verse 17, um, the disciples are asking him, hey, well, can you explain this parable to us, you know? Uh, after a little uh, encounter with, I believe it's Peter on, I, Jesus, I think you offended some of the Pharisees and, and what Jesus has to say to that. That's in Matthew 15 not recorded in Mark 7, so if you want to read that for yourself, it's pretty cool. Um, anyway, uh, verse 17, Matthew 15, do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is expelled, right? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person, right? It's out of the heart that comes sexual jacked up problems and murder and rape and you know thievery and lying and scamming and all of this stuff proceeds from inside of a person right it comes from the heart it's from the heart that we take leaps of faith it's from the heart that we choose a savior and I will continue with like you know emails from people who say what does this Jesus stuff, Russ, have to do with attitudes of sexual integrity um, because you're looking for God, man. You are. You are looking for God in, in an orgasm. You're looking for God between the legs of, of another person. You, you, you're, you're looking for a savior, man. You are. So closing out the word economy, the most personal point of, of economics is that we are given stuff by a kind and loving God who is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He gives us things so that we can enjoy them and yes, even consume them. And then after we consume them, we expel them, right? As Jesus said in this metaphor. 
So, the three ways that taking a leap of faith is much like taking a bowel movement, right? Taking a... Anyway, you, you get what I'm saying, all right? Number one, you're crazy if you think someone can do it for you, all right? Think about that one for a moment. Just, all right, maybe pause, think about it, leap of faith, right? No one can do that for you. Just like taking a, you know. Uh, number two, everybody does it, man. Everybody takes these leaps of faith, and that's what comes pouring out of us. These leaps of faith. We make decisions based on things we can't prove, and we don't entirely make them out of logic, okay? It's just true. We make emotional leaps of faith. Everybody does it, just like everybody poops, you know? It's a children's book by that name. Um, number three, if you don't take frequent leaps of faith, your life will be, you know, hard, and, and it will get uncomfortable, and in the most unopportune time, things may get really stinky and embarrassing, all right? So that's it, man. That's the three ways right there that uh, taking a leap of faith is, is like making a, uh, making a bowel movement, okay? It's just true. And what has us making leaps of faith many times it's love it's the things we love it's the things that that stir our affections it's the things that create inspire and motivate these are leap of faith defining moments throughout life and if there's any any hope for anyone changing anything for the long term you got to be realistic about these emotional, spiritual realities of, of leaps of faith. God didn't make robots. He actually wants us to have faith, right? You look back all the way in covenant theology, man. I listened to 40-some lectures on covenant theology and, and the premise of covenant theology. Love is the premise of covenant. It is... This bigger than I dedication to something that you know I love, despite my feelings, despite circumstances. This is this is like law talk, but it's deeper than that. It's based on love, a covenant of marriage, right? For better, or for worse, richer or poor, to death do we part. That's the kind of language that. You know, before marriage had those vows, it, it goes all the way back to the book of Genesis and God having a people loving us, us loving him, even though the world's infected, right? You know, all the way back to the book of Genesis is, you know, Abraham believed and it was counted to him as righteousness, this gifted righteousness that the cross gives us, that the blood-splattered cross gives us, is, is, a, is, is taking that as a leap of faith. And you can't expect someone to do it for you. No one can do that for you. So listen, I pray that you have some movement in you, you know? You, you're starting to feel it. Like, maybe I need to do some business with God. And 
have a talk with him and, and, and accept that free gift of grace that he that he gave on the cross, you know, just just do it, right? And, you know, I, I want to start talking to you like you're in big boy pants, you know? Like you're eating solid food, big girl pants, like you, you know, you're, you're no longer in the diapers and you, you pull them up yourself because you're, you're eating solid food. I mean, you know, there's this metaphor in the Bible where, where Paul's talking about, you know, being off the milk and, and, and eating solid food, you know, growing, maturing spiritually. You know, I'm going to be in your face a little bit, all right? I'm going to actually talk to you like growing and maturing spiritually is a good thing, all right? I don't want you to feel like I'm condescending when I say, you know, you still got the high water pants on. Maybe it's time to... Uh, it's a good thing to, to mature, to grow some, all right? Get in the game of life, and I remember my son, and he did t-ball for a, for a while, and then it, it, pretty soon it's coach pitch, right? In the springtime, I remember the little league, you know, and then it's kids pitching to kids, and it just it just it grows and it matures. It's getting in the game and 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 stop going through the motions of of, of the t-ball mentality in your life, right? Here's another bumper by Killer. Love that tune. On the topic of economy, um, it's difficult for me to share this, but at the same time, um, if the podcast is living up to its purpose, right, then it's affecting hearts and minds. Uh, I shared in an email recently that I sent out to donors, people that have donated to the show in the past about the fact that, um, you know, the red light's blinking and, and if this thing runs out of money, uh, I'm okay with letting it go. Now, I'm not in this for the money, all right? Just to let you know that. Like, I don't do this to get paid. I don't expect to get paid. Um, but having just the needs met of the hosting fees, which are 26 bucks a month, um, and, and some of the extra, yeah, I did spend on this, this audio device I'm using now because my old one died and using my phone to record a show in the car while I'm driving was just massively time consuming, all right? It took a lot of time to, to edit that show because I had to email every single sound file to myself 
and then put it in, right, it just, anyway, super time consuming. Um, so, you know, 26 bucks a month and, and it had just about run out. Uh, one guy donated to keep this thing alive for the month of May. Uh, it, it's going to, right, the bill's going to go through for the month of May, but, you know, it, it's not that I'm, right, it, it, it's not that I'm greedy or selfish or, you know, 26 bucks a month it is not beyond me paying, right? I could, I could shell out the 26 bucks a month. It's not that big a deal. But it is kind of a big deal if I'm just talking to myself, right? Like, I want the show to be free, and I want people to download it, and I would never want to ever charge for these episodes. And I've got emails over the years, and, and people have re left reviews of the show on iTunes, you know, just very kind words that people have said over the years, and... Uh, and I still get those, you know, and that's helped me, you know, see myself in a different way. I'm, I'm actually, maybe I'm actually good at this, you know, <laughs> I've thought of that over the years and it's kind of boosted my, my ego a little bit. It's helped me see some of my own talents and abilities in my self-image, which has helped. And I get to serve God in this way, right? I mean, this is the big idea. Is, is serving God and serving other people. Um, the, the premise of the show, though, is changing hearts and minds. And while words are great, um, money is part of your life energy. It, it really is. What you spend your money on reveals the heart. And... You know, maybe the show has ran its course, and that's something that I've have to, uh, you know, I have to come to terms with. Yes, I plan on changing some stuff and and getting away from you know, just rehashed apologetics. But at the same time, you know, what's the heart of this podcast, and and is it reaching people? And if it is, wouldn't people want to donate to keep it alive? Um, that's just my question for you, the listener. Whether you want to donate or not, I'm, I'm cool with that. If this thing uh, goes away next month, I'm okay with that too. All right? I love you guys, and, and I'm going to continue to do shows up until the, the last uh, penny is spent. But... Uh, you know, that could be coming sooner than later. I, just to just to let you know that. You know, it's not my heart to get paid, but it is my heart to change hearts and minds. And if hearts and minds aren't changed, then people won't give. Right? People won't give. It will take an, an attitude of uh, graciousness and generosity to keep this thing alive. So, keep me in your prayers Keep the ministry, the podcast in your prayers. And and uh, again, it's ASI247.org. If you feel led to donate, you know, if you do, cool. If you don't, that's okay too. Um, I love you guys. I mean that sincerely. Uh, thank you for your prayers and your donations and, and everything. All your kind words. I appreciate every bit of it. And uh, until next time. Or until I fade away, 
and what leaps of faith will come out of what happens when we fade away. And we'll leave you with this bumper by the band pillow once again. And until next time, bye.